Well, my peoples, we have made it to the middle of the week. It is Wednesday. Oh my God. Right? It's Wednesday. I'm not tripping. We're not. I'm not a day ahead. I'm not a day behind. Don't you hate when that happens? I swear, when you lose track of a week, it's so (laughs) so depressing when you figure out that, you know, oh my God, we're, it's actually Monday and you start tripping out and just, yeah. So, um, it is Wednesday and we're halfway through the week, thankfully. Hopefully everyone has had a good day, is going to have a good day and, or is already having a good day, depending on where you are located. Um, so I wanted to, um, you know, this question of the day is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be regarding, um, what I like to say, um, kind of see where you guys have been in this type of situation and, um, somewhat to do with karma and what, you know, fate for me. That's how I like to entwine, um, this particular question. Um, so if you're, let's say you're at a, um, eating dinner or out and about and you happen to see more in a controlled environment where you could possibly track down a person you see an envelope with money and uh you try to figure out maybe you see the person they just probably dropped it um or you know you see a wallet would you return it um or try your best to return it Will you, um, I've seen this type of situation where someone kind of takes a little bit off the top and then, um, just return the rest. And then there's some who just keep it in general, um, because they just don't want to go through the hassle of trying to find someone and whatever. Um, so my question here is what would you guys do? What have you guys done in the past? Have you come across this type of situation or has someone done it for you um, because you've lost something? I've had plenty of situations where I've lost money and I'm upset because I realized later after the fact and really, you know, I wasn't reached out to because again, money does not have um, a way to identify who the actual owner is. So it makes it easier for people to be like, "Ooh, okay, you know, so we keep it. But my thing, what I try to do is definitely um, return that money to the individual. Because with a lot of things, I believe in karma. I believe in like destiny and fate and all that stuff. And if for any of you who don't know the actual uh, definition of karma, um, it's, it's based out of Hinduism and Buddhism. Um, and it is the sum of a person's actions in this and previous states of existence viewed as deciding their fate in future existences uh the informal again is destiny or fate which is uh following as effect from cause so for me for a lot of things i feel i really should put my best foot forward try my best in that i do my best because whatever i put out i would hope you know as far as positivity and good things that it will come back on to me. Um, and that's really something I try to live by often. Um, even when I'm on the road and I'm pissed off because I'm having possible slight 
moment of road rage. Um, and you know, you say, Oh, you, I hate you. I hope, you know, and then hate's already a strong word. And then you wish something upon them. So sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I take it back. Like, I can't say that. Don't do that. Don't put that out because it's wrong. You never know what they're going through. Maybe they're rushing to the hospital to take their pregnant wife or, um, you know, uh, f- get their children somewhere or something really, really, you know, serious. And you just are causing, <laughs> bringing more bad, um, towards them. So that's what I try, um, to definitely avoid doing, but, um, I just want to see what do you guys, um, think about, um, in this type of situation or have you had any instances of someone coming to your rescue with your money or belongings or whatnot okay so i know i said um i normally keep the gaming stuff for um the weekend um which i normally release the game um mix on saturday but i'm gonna cover the weekly nightfall um today and i'll try to do that tuesdays and or wednesdays um for you all out there um my gamer peoples um so the strike for or the nightfall um and the strike of choice for this week is Sabathun's song and I'm gonna tell you right off bat that it is a challenge um the anomalies are back so you will have um you will be time still and you will be able to increase your time and you need every single possible bit of time that you can get during this nightfall this week um and they're kind of spread about and the good thing is that you're able to kind of know what areas to take your time to look for them um if you need to do a run to kind of get an idea where they're at um or you can probably watch a video that has all that covered um um, you pretty much can get them down through one run and try it again and you should be able to get it but if you're anywhere between 280 270s it will be a challenge to get rid of the enemies as there are plenty of ogres plenty of acolytes plenty of um thralls and wizards that are gonna cause you some heartache and eat some of your time up um the challenges are definitely still about the same as every week there's speed of dark which is complete the nightfall with at least five minutes remaining um unbroken complete the nightfall with fewer than three deaths which can be (laughs) really rare in this case for this week the best defense um uh challenge is shoot down 15 um projectiles before defeating sabathun's song um so those are the main challenges and again um that is just for the regular um nightfall itself not 300 light um that definitely save it until you can get to that time frame or at least bump yourself up with mods and such to get yourself that close to get it um uh have a better chance at the nightfall um The new meditations uh, that Ikora has available for this reset is um, 1AU and uh, the Unbroken Mission and Larceny. The flashpoint for this week is on the European Dead Zone, uh, so the EDZ, um, and you can complete public events in there to clear that milestone. Um, Remember to pick up the treasure maps from Cade 6 
before leaving the tower if you've forgotten just go back he has them spend a little bit of glimmer because you know if you haven't reached 999,000 glimmer by now at the cap you know you need to go out there and get you some more because i'm at cap level pretty much every day if i've already used some uh remember call to arms is back again um and you just need to complete a few crucible matches and be able to do that if you haven't already completed the milestone to complete the color arms uh, in order to open trials go ahead and try it again um, I'm hoping this week they do survival for trials because then I'll definitely be jumping in um, but um, that's uh, with trials I will definitely be updating on Friday um, which will definitely be available for the game mix um, that I'm gonna put out um, on Saturday so that definitely will be available um, but the nightfall this week uh, it took some time I went in with my hunter initially that is 280 uh, 87 I got her to about 288 and uh, we were kind of getting it but I was also um, we were running with one more individual from my clan who was at 280 81 and it was kind of rough um, it, it was kind of rough I eventually just switched over to my warlock who's close to he she's 295 and and with the arc soul um, storm from Stormcaller we were able to get enough time to get everything done it seems to shift depending on how many times you run it um, Sabathun will change her attitude and it can get really um, hairy but it can be done so see y'all out there guardians so if you haven't already heard but this week they were handing or ha are still handing out the awards for the 2017 Nobel Prize um, they still have two days because uh, tomorrow and Friday they're still announcing some. Um, but I believe this one was from Monday. And um, it was the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. And it was awarded to Jeffrey C. Hall, Michael Rossbash, and Michael W. Young. So these three individuals won the prize for their discovery of molecular mechanisms controlling the circadian rhythm. Um, so pretty much in short, <laughs> the researchers were able to peek inside the biological clocks of living organisms which help to regulate sleep patterns, feeding behavior, hormone release, and blood pressure to better understand how life responds to Earth's rotation. The researchers were able to isolate a gene in fruit flies that controls the daily biological rhythm. They were able to show how the gene encodes a protein that builds up in cells at night, but then degrades during the day. The researchers also identified other protein components involved in this process, highlighting the minute mechanisms governing the clockwork inside a cell. Um, Julene Searath of the Noble Academy um, stated that the winners have raised awareness of the importance of a proper sleep hygiene. There is a chart that depicts a little bit more about the information when it comes to our uh, sleep patterns um, and our biological clock. Uh, so between 6 and 12 uh, midnight uh, is when you start to see our highest blood pressure and our melatonin secretion uh, between midnight 
to 6 in the morning, we've got that deep sleep and our lowest body temperature. Um, between 6 a.m. and 12 p.m., there is a uh, release of cortisol, there is the fastest increase in blood pressure, and there's high alertness. Between um, noon and back to 6 p.m., we've got our best coordination, our fastest reaction time, and our highest body temperature. So it's kind of, I know, during the day, like, I'm okay. And then when it gets to the evening time, for some reason, I'm very, like, flush and I don't know. And I'm not even a heavy sweater. I know some people out there that just sweat through their shirt just sitting in an AC, like, very ventilated, uh, nice air-flowing room. And they're just over there, beads <laughs> dropping. Um, so that's pretty important and pretty um, interesting to me that that actually happens. Because you kind of start to track, oh, wait, my body does. And... It's pretty cool that they came up with this, or at least found out this information, because I think it's very intriguing, especially for, you know, um, being a parent with kids, the lack of sleep is real. <laughs> um, when the Nobel Committee told Ross, I, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, Ross Bach, I'm going to say it that way, I think that's how you say it, that he won the prize, he reportedly said, you're kidding me, the excitement might make me make for a sleepless night. I uh, see he still has a sense of humor. <laughs> okay, so we all, if we're living right now, alive and well, um, and of a certain age, we all know about the Matrix, right? You know, Keanu Reeves discovered that the world he's in isn't really real, and it's actually a simulation of the world programmed by robots and used to enslave us as a food source. So I know, sounds like a movie and all that, but apparently there's somewhat some real science behind it. So scientists and philosophers have argued for years about whether reality itself is actually a giant computer simulation. I know, I know. it sounds too much science fiction type of situation going on but it actually has some real serious backers in that idea um, although Tesla's founder and technologist Elon Musk argued that there was a one in a billion chance we aren't living in a giant computer simulation He's been quoted as saying, the strongest argument for us probably being in a simulation, I think, is the following. 40 years ago, we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. That's where we were. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously and it's getting better every year. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Just indistinguishable. Then we've got Neil deGrasse Tyson um, stating or pretty much basically calling it very likely that we, you know, 50% chance that we would be living in a virtual world. Then there's um, someone else, another a philosopher, Nick Bostrom, who is uh, pretty much stating that, you know, we could possibly be living in a computer simulation. 
So even though these individuals are kind of on each side of um, what they believe about the situation, there was um, actually some researchers at the University of Oxford that say they figured out the answer. <laughs> um, it was physicists Zohar Ringel and Dmitry Kovrici of Oxford published a new study in the journal Science Advances that found the idea impossible, not just practically, but in principle too. Um, so according to the Miami Herald, the researchers were trying to study something called the quantum Hall effect, an anomaly that occurs in metals. Um, it's some heavy science, but the important thing is that the researchers found that to model even a small portion of this effect would require more computing power than exists in all of the atoms in the universe. Um, the simulation became twice as complex each time the number of particles grew because of that. The computing power needed to simulate it would just increase and increase until all the power in the world was being used just to simulate that one interaction. There's no way it could then be used to simulate everything else in existence. The finding throws a bucket of cold water on the idea and for many effectively kills the possibility of the universe just being a big virtual experiment. For now, the Matrix remains just a movie. But if you think about it, if it is some kind of simulation, what makes you think you're actually using every possible source of computing power that you believe we have? It could be whatever out there is controlling that's actually giving you just enough computing power to be able to actually run the simulation. And boom, I just ruined that whole thing by pretty much throwing a wrench in that. But again, hey, if they think that's the answer, sure, I'll go with it. I enjoy my life, love my children, love my uh, husband, my current situation and all that greatness so I guess the simulation is not so bad after all <laughs> okay so here's a story near and dear to my heart primarily because I love food um, but sadly I'm not in the area where this is gonna take place um, if you've never eaten or heard of um, Shake Shack then I'm so sorry um, but <laughs> if you are in the uh, locations in, you know, uh, Florida, like myself, um, New York, or Qatar, which was actually, weirdly, the first time I've ever had Shake Shack, a foreign country out in the desert, um, and it was delicious. <laughs> um, but this particularly pertains to their um, new location opening up later this month in New York City, which they have already plenty of them um, over there in uh, New York City. This is where their main places are at. Um, but this particular one is uh, opening up an Aster place and it's gonna focus primarily on self-checkout and have digital kiosks rather than staffs in the front um, to take care of customer orders. Um, they still will have like at least two um, 
what they call hospitality champs to assist the customers um, that are going to be using the kiosks and such like that. And these individuals are actually going to be paid $15 an hour, um, which is apparently a minimum wage that will likely be applied throughout Shake Shack restaurants in New York. California and Washington DC over the next couple of years so that is definitely an upgrade for those individuals working for Shake Shack at those locations um, but uh, the CEO Randy Garuti uh, told CNBC that the changes introduced in this particular location are meant to eliminate quote-unquote friction time and include a rearranged kitchen um, and the option to order via smartphone and not accepting cash that is another critical thing in this um, they will have digital kiosks and they will be accepting cards but no cash um, customers will also get alerts that their orders are ready via text rather than by a buzzer which is something you normally get when you actually order at Shake Shack you will get a buzzer alerting you that your food is done um, like every other Shake Shack in this case they will get a text um, and the restaurant will also be tweaking delivery practices in order to shorten delivery times and optimize packaging. To me, this sounds great, you know, because some people are always on the go, don't really want to stand in line. And, you know, with the um, way we work and instant gratification that we often need nowadays, um, it sounds like a great plan. Um, but it will, I know the company will see how well it worked for them um, or works for them when they actually implement it. But um, it can go 50-50. It could actually cause some issues if the orders uh, coming in are not being um, taken care of before the customer shows up or it takes too long before the customer gets a text so they still show up, their food's not... So it's a whole bunch of hassle, but I think they probably will maintain a um, pretty good system, I would hope, if they're going to rule something like this out, which is not cheap, I don't assume, especially paying people a little bit more than the normal minimum wage that they currently would get. Um, but I assume they'll probably do something like how uh, Chick-fil-A does their little mock-ups and whatnot and see how well it works, but I... If I do visit New York anytime soon, I will definitely try to check it out because um, nothing is better than a Shake Shack or a Shack Attack with a nice chocolate milkshake. Oh my god. <laughs> if you haven't tried it yet, try to make it out. Try to find the nearest location and actually check out Shake Shack. Yay! So it's been a pretty good day. So we hit that area where I think I'm just gonna publish any other call-ins and stuff uh, regarding the question of the day so I'm gonna go ahead and do that right after this um, but again I want to tell everybody thank you so much for listening in especially Simon for doing that echo because a lot of people actually have been listening to it all day and I truly appreciate that um, but again, if you guys have anything to add about the question of the day, even any other uh, part of the segments throughout the day, go ahead and call them in or comment or whatnot, and we can get them rolling right after this. What up, y'all? This is your boy, Everton. I uh, just want to say that was a great question. I'm a huge believer in karma. Um, I ain't going to lie. The money question be kind of tough, but you know what? 
I'm like I said, I'm a strong believer in karma, and that's the last thing because I know if I lost a ton of money, and if that person seen me, I would hope they give it to me, so I can only do the same thing in return. Um, obviously, if I see someone lose money, people don't want to lose money for fun, so you don't know what the situation may be rent, bills, um, medical expenses, whatever. So, I'll try my best to find that person. Now, if they ain't no one around, I know what's going on. I'm not going to go sit there and drop it off at a police station. Like, come on now, really? But, um, no, I'm a huge believer in karma. And if I have to get the money in, because, you know, and I seen that person, I'm going to give it to them. It's only right. everyone thank you so much for stopping by and hanging out with me in the mix for the daily mix of the day if you have any questions or comments or just want to say hi you can do so by pressing the little comment icon on the segment and boom it'll be featured right on the station another way you can do is um just call it in using your phone right there it'll record you and the coolest part is that you can be featured on the station by just using your phone. This station is also in podcast format and it can be found on Google Play and on iTunes as well. So you can check us out there. If you need to catch one of the episodes, they will be uploaded there. So go ahead and add that to your list. Um, but again, we can always be found here first on anchor so um go ahead and favorite the station and you will be alerted anytime anything new drops all right see you guys next time